0: The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. News Talk 850 WFTL presents Joyce Kaufman No Restraint. Here's Joyce Kaufman. Welcome to the No Restraint Podcast. I'm Joyce Kaufman, and little did I ever think that one day I would be doing podcast after podcast, trying to wake people up to the fact that there is an intifada, which means to eliminate not just the Jewish state of Israel, but kill all the Jews. And I've got to be frank. I've been reading a lot of people's writings, both pro and con Israel defending its nation, and I've had it up to my eyeballs with the idiotic nonsense that spewed from the side who believe that the atrocities that Hamas performed against Israeli civilians on October 7th somehow can be rationalized by some crazy viewpoint of the world. So I'm going to share with you some of the most profound things that I have heard or read in the last week, because I'm not going to stop talking about this until the war is over, and that may be quite some time. I know I'm still watching Congress. I know there's a presidential election coming up. As a matter of fact, this week there are some important elections that are going to show the direction the country is going in. I get all that, and I'm paying attention, but nothing, and I mean nothing, matters as much as confronting the horror and the ugliness of this determination by the radical Islamists to destroy Western civilization, and they are beginning with the Jews in Israel. I saw a great letter that was posted online that I'll share with you. It says, dear world, I don't care. I don't care if you're out on the street waving your flag and chanting your slogans. We won't die silently the way you want us to. An Israeli soldier on patrol in the southern city of Sidrat on October 11th is a picture that will last in my mind for a long time. I don't care that you sympathize with Hamas. I know you wouldn't tolerate any of the things they did to us if they would have done it to you. I don't care that you're outraged by Israel's response to the massacre more than the massacre itself. I know you would do everything to eliminate such pure evil if you experienced it yourself. I don't care that this doesn't fit neatly into your carefully constructed narrative of Israel as aggressor and Palestinian as victim. The truth hurts sometimes, but hey, don't let facts get in the way of your feelings. I don't care if you think Israel's at fault that they had it coming that Hamas's actions didn't occur in a vacuum or to deny that they even ever happened. If you feel that the poster of a kidnapped child hurts your cause, maybe yours is a lost cause. I don't care about your calls for a premature ceasefire, about your demand that Israel provide them with electricity, that they stop fighting for humanitarian reasons. What of a humanitarian gesture to release the 240 hostages? Old people, children, babies snatched from their cribs. I don't care that you've rallied for Palestine as part of your march for LGBTQ rights and trans rights and workers' rights and socialism and climate change and intersectionality and Black Lives Matter, fighting Islamophobia and all forms of racism. Your gullibility would be laughable if it wasn't so hypocritical. None of those things exist under Hamas. I don't care that you love Jewish people, just hate Israel, that you have some friends that are Jewish, that maybe you're ethnically Jewish yourself, and therefore you're entitled to levy every libel in the playbook against Israel. Words matter. They lead to actions. When a lie is repeated often enough, it's accepted as truth. You are laying the groundwork for more attacks against Jews. I don't care that you wave the flag of human rights, that you've become overnight experts in international law, that you shout fancy slogans you don't understand, such as proportionality, occupation, and apartheid. Your humanity is selective. In your mind, human rights don't apply to Jews because we're undeserving. You didn't speak up when the women and children of Israel were horribly assaulted. I don't care if you think they're colonists, imperialists, and settlers, and that they should just go back to where they came from. They are back to where they came from. I don't care if you believe in a one-state solution, a two-state solution, a federation, an internationalized Jerusalem, or any other theory drawn up in your ivory tower— They're not going to readily hold out their necks and endanger their lives in order to satisfy your thought experiments and placate your conscience from afar. I don't care if you consider yourself anti-Zionist, but not anti-Semitic. We've seen enough Jews around the world attacked over the last four weeks under the guise of anti-Zionism. I don't care that you think they are too powerful, too technologically advanced, too sophisticated. If they didn't build themselves up to this point, we'd have been eaten alive by Hezbollah, Islamic Jihad, Iran, and Palestinian terrorism. I don't care that you blame them for 1948 refugees, for the fact that they have no state, for the keys that they wave in their fantasy of right to return. Three weeks ago, we got a glimpse of what the return looks like, and what it means for Jewish children. I don't care if you think they aren't the real Jews, that Zionism has nothing to do with Judaism, that Jews are a religion and not a nationality, and so they deserve no state. Your denials have zero impact on the strength of their ideals and the self-affirmation of their identity. I don't care that you accuse them of flaunting the myriad UN resolutions. Inquiries and statements. They reflect more on the institutional decay of the UN than they do on Israel. I don't care about your media coverage, the lies, the equivocation, the acceptance of Hamas talking points and statistics. Your echo chamber is just another weapon in their strategic arsenal. I don't care that you accuse them of bombing the Al Ahali Hospital. It was only a matter of time before you found a symbol for Israel's wickedness. The subsequent retractions were a fig leaf once the truth emerged that Islamic Jihad was responsible and that the hospital is still standing. I don't care that you see them as a criminal state, a terror state, usurpers, baby killers, Christ killers, Kaibar Jews, or any other depravity that exists in your mind. Your libels lay the groundwork for the dehumanization of Jews. Rings a bell, but they're going to fight it. I don't care that you've inverted the truth by accusing Israel of genocide. If positions were reversed and Hamas held the power that Israel does now, you'd see what a genocide really looks like. I don't care that you're angry, boiling, and outraged. I don't care that you're glued to your TV screens and telegram channels. I don't care that you're mad. I don't care if you're out on the street waving your flag and chanting your slogans. They're not gonna die silently the way you want them to. For the first time in 2000 years, they are organized, they are motivated and they will defend themselves. They fight for light over darkness, for morality over evil. Not that it matters to you, but they're going to stick to the rules and hold the high moral ground, not because you expect it from them, but because they are a value for them. They will do it ethically and thoughtfully because they are the people of the book. Their power and strength are a necessity because the alternative for them is... the end. Do you think for a moment that they would return to that reality just to make you feel better? You are deeply mistaken, world. For so long, they really deeply cared. They cared about fitting in. They cared about what you think. They cared about being a model citizen. They cared about setting a personal example of how a tiny people in a tough neighborhood could still be a light unto the nations. How the world's oldest minority, now a majority in Israel, could treat its own internal minorities par excellence amidst the complicated and messy reality of ethnic conflict. How they could painfully dismember parts of their homeland and offer them on a platter of peace to Palestinians that want neither peace nor some parts. They want all of it. How could they dazzle you with USB sticks and drip irrigation, operating system kernels, Nobel Prize winners, swallowable medical cameras, deep tech, quantum mechanics, generative AI, and cures for disease? But now I'm finally accepting that you don't care. You never did. You don't see and you don't hear. And because they cared about what you thought so much, it deeply hurts. But you don't have their best interests at heart. You take issue with their base identity, with what they represent. Don't expect them to wait for your approval this time. It doesn't matter what they do, you're not gonna change. It doesn't matter how they act, because your issue is with who they are. Now, guess what? I'm gonna block out the noise and they're gonna do what it takes to win this war. Today, finally, they no longer care, and neither do I. The world is becoming ever darker. We're seeing more hate, more blatant lies, and more shameless antisemitism than we've ever seen before. There is nothing more powerful than an educated Jew and nothing more dangerous than an ignorant one. We thoughtfully prepared a fast paced list of critical answers that we and our children and grandchildren need to know in this confusing time. Share the message with your friends and family. Okay, why, the question is, can't we just give them a Palestinian state? Well, because they already did and it was an epic disaster. In 1947, the British offered the Arabs more than half of the land of Israel as an independent state, but they flatly refused and chose rather to go to war with the Jews. Thankfully, they failed. In the 1993 Oslo Accords, and at the 2000 Camp David Summit, Israel offered the Arabs an independent state. Once again, Yasser Arafat and they refused and chose to go to war against the Jews in the First and Second Intifada, respectively. In 2005, Israel gave them an independent state in Gaza, and Israel herself forcibly removed every last Jew from what was then a coastal territory. This was called land for peace, but in their independent elections, Gazans voted in Hamas, whose charter openly calls for the destruction of the state of Israel and the creation of an Islamic state in its place as the ruling party. To them, a land for peace means a piece of a Jew here and a piece of a Jew there. Hence, the two-state solution is the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So why can't they give them their own land? It's important to understand that there actually is no such thing as a Palestinian people. This nation was invented in 1967 after Arab forces lost the Six-Day War to Israel. Then they decided that if they couldn't beat Israel militarily, then they might succeed by fostering world sympathy through propaganda. Proof that there were no Palestinians before 1967? Well, from 1948 until 1967, Gaza was under the jurisdiction of Egypt and the West Bank was governed by Jordan, both Arab nations. If they care so much about the plight of the Palestinians, then why didn't they give them their independence? The answer is clear, because the Palestinians weren't even invented yet. When the Romans conquered Israel in 69 CE, They wanted to add insult to injury by deleting the Jewish presence from the region. They forcefully changed the name of Jerusalem to Eulia Capitolina and the name of the country of Judea to Palestine, a nod to the ancient Philistine people that lived in the land prior to the Egyptian exodus and the subsequent conquest of the land by Joshua 3,295 years ago try to see if you can name a single Palestinian statesman or thinker or poet or political leader before 1967. What currency did they use? What language did they speak? Can you identify any historical details of these people? Don't try too hard because there aren't any. And that's because they simply didn't exist until they were invented in 1967. Ceasefire? Any call for a ceasefire would allow Hamas to reorganize and fortify themselves against the IDF. Hamas refused to return Gilad Shalit, who was kidnapped in 2006, for a full five years. There is no way that Hamas would agree to return the 240 hostages that they are holding just because of a ceasefire. Anyone calling for a ceasefire, unless they are motivated by the desire to protect, entirely innocent men, women, and children, is betraying their underlying anti-Semitism as they care only for the welfare of Hamas and couldn't care less for the well-being of the innocent hostages being held by Hamas. Apartheid? Look, people from South Africa are well aware of what apartheid means. Arabs in Israel enjoy equal rights to Jews where they serve in the Supreme Court In the government, in the army, and their members of parliament. The only place where there actually is apartheid in Israel is in the West Bank and Gaza, where Jews are not allowed to enter even Arab areas. Arabs can walk freely everywhere in Israel. The only ones being discriminated against are Jews, who may not walk freely throughout their own land. Occupation? No country on earth has the title deed to their land, like Israel. Everyone else conquered territory, but the land of Israel is called the promised land because it's the only land on earth that God promised to be given to the Jews. It's clearly stated multiple times in the book of Genesis, which is the most popular book in human history. Israel has been the Jewish homeland for 3,377 years since God gave it to them in the Bible, and it has never been without a Jewish presence. Interestingly, the Bible mentions Jerusalem and Zion 821 times. The Quran mentions them not even a single time. Jews pray facing Jerusalem. Arabs pray with their backs to Jerusalem. Interestingly, the Torah tells us that the reason it begins with the stories of creation in Genesis instead of the first law, which appears in Exodus, is because, quote, the day will come in the future when the nations of the world will accuse the Jews of having stolen the land of Israel from them. The only argument that will hold water in their defense is that God, the creator of the world, promised it to them. It's fascinating that the entire book of Genesis was written to serve as a legal defense for the generation and this war in particular. It's high time that Israel had the courage to stand up for who they are in front of the world without shame or fear. The Jews were chosen by God, and their title deed to Israel is in the world's most published book ever, the Bible. No other country on earth can make such a claim. The world has no respect for Jews who don't respect themselves. The world has great respect for Jews who do respect themselves. Over 80 million evangelical Christians believe it. It's time the Jews did too. When they don't believe in their right to the land, it's no surprise that the nations of the world won't either. It starts with them. So why doesn't Israel give Palestinians back their land? If someone breaks into your house and attacks your family with a weapon, it would be the height of chutzpah for them to ask for their weapon back after you successfully drive them away. Let's be clear. If you attack Israel, you won't be getting your axe or your machine gun back ever. There are 80 Christian countries and 56 Muslim countries in the world today. There is only one Jewish country, Israel. Arabs have no claim to the land of Israel whatsoever. Islam is just 1,500 years old, while Jews have lived in the Promised Land for nearly 4,000 years. If the Arabs want to find a home, they can choose from 56 countries. Jews have nowhere else to go. Genocide? The only genocide taking place in the region is that of Hamas indiscriminately firing missiles and rockets at civilian population centers in Israel for the past 18 years, incessantly. Israel has finally had it after the October 7th massacre and has vowed to uproot the evil Hamas regime from the area. Doing so will require them to invade Gaza and find the Hamas terrorists who are embedded everywhere in Gaza, from schools and mosques and hospitals to terror tunnels. This is a painstaking operation and will take a lot of time to succeed, but there is no other choice. The status quo is simply intolerable. In 1948, there were 156,000 Arabs in Israel, Today, there are 1.6 million Arab citizens of Israel, comprising about 20% of the total Israeli population. If Israel is committing genocide on the Arabs, they're doing a really, really bad job. When they say it's all because of settlements, it has been said that the reason why the Arabs hate Israel is because of the settlements— Jewish towns and cities built in areas that Arabs consider disputed territory. These are the lands captured by Israel after the Six-Day War. This is a total farce, as Arabs declared war on Israel long before a single settlement was ever established in 1967. How is it even possible to lay siege to a territory like Gaza, which you don't fully surround? Since Gaza borders on both Israel and Egypt, calling this a siege is nothing more than a blatant lie. Every country has a right to defend its borders, especially when the neighbors next door have voted in a government whose charter openly calls for your genocide. Calling Gaza besieged by Israel is the same as saying that Canada is besieged by the USA, It's nothing but propaganda that has nothing to do with the facts. On October 7th, roughly 3,000 Hamas terrorists stormed into Israel, raped, murdered, tortured, beheaded, and kidnapped innocent Israeli civilians. There might be truth to the fact that a proportionate response is in order, but not a single one of their soldiers is willing to behave that way towards innocent human beings. When Hitler started World War II, the Allies needed to do everything they could to win the war. The fact that there were millions more civilian casualties in Germany than in England doesn't make England guilty of war crimes. Japan gave us Pearl Harbor, so we responded by giving them Hiroshima and Nagasaki. You don't win wars through responding to attacks like a boomerang. You need to swoop in with ferocious might, and root out the source of the attack, regardless of where it is entrenched. Hamas started this war. Israel is going to make sure to finish it. If you're gonna start a war, you've made your bed, and now you're gonna have to lie in it. Free Palestine? This slogan is a pathetic oxymoron, as it calls for freedom for a group of people that apparently don't want freedom. Arabs in Gaza have very few human rights women are treated as second-class citizens with little or no protection from violence. They cannot travel without the permission of a male relative, and they have strict codes of dress which are enforceable by execution. Children are forced to build Hamas terror tunnels, resulting in the deaths of countless children laboring in dangerous working conditions. Using the Living Shield Doctrine, Hamas uses Gazan civilians to protect their weapons, Israel uses weapons to protect her citizens. If pro-Hamas protesters on U.S. college campuses had any idea of how oppressive Hamas is to its own citizens, they would be appalled. LGBTQ protesters are cluelessly rallying for Hamas, an organization that routinely executes gays and lesbians. Those who stand with Gaza should try to stand in Gaza and see how that works out for them. They are nothing but misguided bigots whose pathetic naivete is eclipsed only by their own shameless animosity to the Jews. It's a documented fact that the Arab population within Israel has grown at the same rate as the Jewish population in Israel. The fact that Israel is attacking Gaza is because Hamas— who was elected by Gaza to rule over it, started a war with them on October 7th and is currently still holding over 240 Jewish babies, women, and men hostage in Gaza. Israel will stop at nothing to bring their citizens home. It's absurd to think that only Jews have to defend themselves for defending themselves. On the flip side, All Arabs who left Israel in the War of Independence did that on their own accord. They were told by the Arab armies that they would soon return as soon as the Arabs had won the war. Thankfully, that never happened. But they're still trying to make it look like it was the fault of the Jews that they left. And one more thing. When the pathetic pro-Hamas rallies call to free Palestine from the river to the sea, what they mean is from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea. They are calling for a single Palestinian state that would wipe Israel entirely off the map. This call is a shameless call for ethnic cleansing in a classic case of the pot calling the kettle back. Never again isn't about to happen to Israel and Rashida Talib can pretend otherwise, but they will lose and Israel will win. Thanks for listening to this No Restraint podcast. Spread it around to your friends and come back next week for the new one. May God bless you, may God bless Israel, and may God bless the United States of America.